Everyone, welcome to the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker of Bavada Sportsbook, Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, it is still strange times in the sports world. We are getting ready for the baseball all-star game, but the NBA finals are going on at the same time. Uh, something is all twisted. This was a COVID-impacted season, but we're finally at the finals in the NBA. Yeah, and just who we expected all along, the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's its its been a wild and wacky road to get here, and that's part of the reason why we're here, I think, is all the injuries uh, that was played in such a condensed season. But uh, you know what? If you're the Phoenix Suns, much like you were my Toronto Raptors, you're not going to complain too much about the schedule opening up for you the way that it did. This is a former 80-1 uh, to 1 uh, NBA futures odds at the beginning of the year at Bavada, and they are now the minus 180 NBA final series favorite over the Milwaukee Bucks. Could you uh, just uh, give me a round number of how many people bet the Phoenix Suns at the beginning of the year? Uh, <laughs> a round number, uh, less than 30. And, oh, okay. Uh, so it's that small. Okay. That, that yeah. And, and so for context, that would be, you know, less than even 1% of the people betting on NBA futures. So Phoenix Suns, pretty good position for us, even though their odds were as high as that to start the season. That's wild. And uh, good for them. You know, it's exciting for them. Uh, Milwaukee can't be a surprise, though. Milwaukee was, you know, even though the Nets had done everything that they had done, uh, Milwaukee still had Giannis and they were still expected to go far, correct? Right. Milwaukee was expected to contend this year. Uh, they opened at 16 to one at Bavada to start the season. Uh, saw some highs. Uh, I think of as high as 20 to one, but you know, they certainly had a little bit of luck as well in the East with things breaking their way, especially in that Brooklyn Nets series where if the Nets uh, were completely healthy, they would have been massive favorites. And that, that series still had to go seven games, even with all the injuries to the Nets. So uh, while the Bucks uh, aren't exactly the exact same uh, situation as the Phoenix Suns, who really did come out of nowhere this year, um, you know, they've certainly benefited again from injuries and a little bit of fortunate happenstance with some of their other competitors. So, you know, that being said, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure on both these teams because once we are back to a regular NBA season where load management, more spacing between games, it uh, rules the figure that, uh, you know, they're not going to run into this much kind of injury luck. If you're the Phoenix Suns, this is your chance. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, the Nets are going to be healthy. The 76ers are going to be right there next year. I think this is for both teams, a lot of pressure to get this done. But the argument still, I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, got hurt on a bizarre play. That was a really tough play. He would have gotten hurt. The, the, the season didn't impact his injury. That's not a sore muscle or a pulled hamstring or something like that that you're seeing throughout the NBA. Uh, and the health of Antetokounmpo pretty much defines the series. If he can find a way to get back in the lineup and be effective, that's Milwaukee's shot. Absolutely. And uh, our numbers suggest that for any game that he's out or playing hobbled, let's say, uh, you know, that impact on the direct money line for each game is anywhere from three to six percent for Milwaukee's win expectations. So that's that's pretty massive stuff. But what you would expect for a player of his impact level. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. And and you're right for Phoenix. You know, no, no one's going to take their trophy away. Uh, they went out and acquired Chris Paul. And that's a big key. I mean, that, that was not where this season was thought to have gone, um, especially after last year and the bubble and everything like that. Uh, but for the Phoenix Suns to be in this situation, um, I would I would argue Phoenix in five or Phoenix in six. Do you agree? 
I think uh, a lot will have to be said about uh, how healthy Giannis is uh, going into this series. But yeah, I mean, Phoenix is clearly firing on all cylinders. They've uh, knocked off the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Clippers. The Clippers were a bit hobbled. Sure, the Lakers were too. But, you know, they still had to go through these teams that were pretty good even when playing hobbled throughout the year. I think the Suns have looked the most consistent from start to finish. Uh, Wouldn't surprise me if a gentleman sweep, like you said, Suns in five. Yeah, there's no uh, secret about that. Uh, Meanwhile, the Euros 2020 – even though it's played in 2021 still have to remember that. And that's going to drive me nuts during the Olympics when they call it Tokyo 2020. Um, but yesterday you saw the Italy Spain matchup today. It's England and Denmark and people are listening to this podcast. Maybe when this game is starting still, it's a key matchup. What's the odds on England? So England, gosh, uh, they are going nuts over there. I don't know if you're <laughs> familiar with that. It's coming home song, but uh, you know, they play it ad nauseum. You know, I was funny. I was watching uh, their last game against Ukraine and they've all got their socially distanced uh, picnic benches out in the park where they can all party. And of course, whenever England scores, you know, forget about that social the distancing. The whole country shuts it, down. It, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, England, they are currently minus 140 favorites against uh, a really plucky uh, Danish team who's, you know, done really, really well after their player collapsed on the pitch in the opening round match against uh, Finland, I believe. And they've continued to have the success uh, the rest of the tournament. Uh, you know, uh, this English team clearly looks like the best team, the best English team I can think of since easily the mid 90s, which is when uh, Southgate actually played for uh, Team England as an actual player, not coaching them as he is now. But you know what? They look really, really good from front to back. Harry Kane is just doing incredible things. He's right there for potential for leading uh, goal scorer of the tournament just behind Cristiano Ronaldo right now, currently a plus 190 underdog. But it really does seem like everything has broken England's way this tournament. And again, a really favorable semifinal matchup. Uh, you know, they didn't have to play Spain or Italy. And again, this Denmark team, they've run really well with tactics. But in terms of just uh, brass tacks, how good they are on paper, you have to give the nod to England. Looking at it right now, Seth, we're seeing about 85% of all betting handle, which suggests that the Bavada faithful are also pretty certain that it's coming home. Well, and then, of course, uh, this Sunday will be the uh, final. It'll be the uh, winner of England, Denmark, and the winner of Italy, Spain. And, of course, uh, that'll do it for Euro 2020. Meanwhile, you're mispronouncing that English star's name. I believe this year they're calling him Harry Effenkane. <laughs> Harry Effenkane or Harry Heckenkane. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's incredible. Social media He's... is hysterical whenever England plays. I, I, I must follow a lot more English people than I know. Um, you know, I do some work out there, so I'm a, you know, on WhatsApp and I'm talking to these folks and you can't get a response during about three hours prior, three hours after an England game. I, you know, a friend of mine said that it should be illegal to be cheering for England on 4th of July weekend. I have no strong opinion about that, but, uh, you know, that did make me chuckle. All right. So the Euros should be a lot of fun. <laughs> and this should be a great, great week uh, closer to home, you know, because we're dignified here in the United States of America. We don't have fancy international soccer tournaments. No, instead, we have how much can you eat a hot dog? <laughs> And you know what? It, it seems like every year, God bless America, continue to push forward. And Joey Chestnut broke another record this year as he, uh, God help us, he finished 75 hot dogs in the allotted time, breaking his own record. 
And uh, if you were someone that would want to put money on something like that, you could get that at two to one at Bavada. So there was some nice cashing yesterday for an event that, you know, we do handicaps, we do spreads, we do over-unders. It is, uh, it's wild. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's getting the same kind of betting as the Euro, but uh, I would say like a mid-level college basketball game is kind of the, is the kind of money that we get on Nathan's famous hot dog eating competition. So Joey Chestnut did it again, which is pretty good for betters as they will back him at any price, any year. Uh, once again, only his first law, uh, for, sorry, he's only had one loss 2015. He's won 14 of his last 15 competitions. And again, broke that record uh, this past Sunday. Well, you know, there's definitely something to be said for. I heard there was a controversy. Do you have to eat the bun with the hot dog? Or is that something separate? I, I can't. I'm nauseous just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we we tried to find some uh, some healthy hot dogs going into Sunday, the wife and I, but uh, we didn't have much luck at the grocery store. But, you know, we figured, uh, you know, if you're going to have a hot dog, you should have a real one. And uh, as a result, we skipped and went for the salad. Uh, what's the uh, what, what's the tradition for Canada Day? What's the like, is it barbecues? Like what, what's the what's the tradition uh, for Canada Day? You know what? It, it's pretty similar. I, I don't know that we have specific dishes. No but hot it's, dog contest. No, no hot dog contest. Uh, you know, maybe a little poutine contest. But uh, <laughs> gosh, if 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 you if you go over under one and a half of those, you're probably hitting the couch pretty early that night. But I, yeah, I would say it's generally pretty similar. It's it's fireworks. Uh, hopefully, everyone ends the evening with the same amount of fingers they had when they started. But Jason uh, Pierre Paul. Jason Pierre Paul, that's right. Hey, and you know, credit to him. He's still out there mashing people with that fist thing that he yeah, has. That's fair. Uh, yeah, that he has he has a robot arm, but it, that's okay. I wonder how many more interceptions he'd have if he could actually clasp onto a ball with two of his hands, because you know, he's pretty good at batting it down. But I, I agree with you. That's not really fair that he's got essentially this massive mitt that's he's allowing him to right. he, it's it's a club, right? It's, it's a, a club. <laughs> Yeah, he, exactly. he should have that thing registered, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's barbecues, it's uh, it, cool. it's fireworks, it's uh, and also what we have here the week before because the French uh, never miss an opportunity to needle the English. Uh, they have the Jean Baptiste uh, French national holiday, so Quebec considers itself an independent nation inside of United Canada. So we get uh, a double dipping of uh, national holidays out here one week's. Back to back with blue and white fireworks, then red and white fireworks. And uh, it, it's a whole show. It, it's pretty good up here. We don't blow up as much of Canada as the U.S. does during their celebrations, but we do our small part. Yeah, there was <laughs> there was a lot. The crowds were in, in, crazy just because they're allowed to be. You know what I mean? And it's it's. It was unnerving to watch. You know, we we didn't go into any any massive crowds, but uh, we saw some fireworks. And what you saw was just uh, people just racing to be outside. It was like uh, this big rebirth for uh, for the United States. And you know what I'm hoping for, and I don't want to d- divert too far. What I'm hoping for is that as the statistics come out here in July, I want to know the percentage of all COVID deaths for unvaccinated i would my guess is it's over 95 percent, and i want that to be a big story i want that to be something i'm going to talk about it on all my podcasts i want that to be a big story because as we're seeing covid's not gone but the only people impacted are the unvaccinated get vaccinated please 
we are nothing if not better served with excellent data like that. So I, I think for hopefully those that are still on the fence about it, that'll be the kind of thing that pushes them over the edge. If, you know, we can make these kind of clear distinctions and, and, and you're right, just going back to, uh, you know, the celebration we just had. Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, part and part 16 months of just pent up, you know, fear, anxiety, frustration over how long this has taken. Uh, and uh, it feels pretty great to feel at least for once that we're getting closer to the finish line on this. So uh, you know, thanks to everyone who's doing their part uh, to make that happen. Uh, you know, although we're we're still in this kind of sports frenzy of Wimbledon, Euro, Copa, baseball, NBA, NHL just wrapped yeah. up. It's been wild, but you know, it does kind of feel like there's some semblance of normalcy ahead. So that, that's a pretty cool feeling right now. And it's weird, but we're already at the midway point in the baseball season. Uh, this uh, strange baseball season, and now they have the All Star Game and. Uh, the first ever two-way all-star in Shohei Otani. What are futures bets on Shohei Otani? Oh my goodness. What a season he's having. So he, he's an interesting guy to try and handicap awards for because there's this feeling that it's very tough for a pitcher to win MVP because they have a, an award just for themselves. They have the Cy Young. And I know I, and I believe have- that, right. I've always thought, you know, they, they get their own award, so it should not be a pitcher. Yeah. And so, and there's this idea that, okay, yeah, batters get the silver slugger but the silver slugger is not as prestigious as the mvp and the cy young is the trophy for pitchers so it has been a tough one to handicap but while we have made otani a much clearer uh, al cy young favorite at minus 200 we have actually made him a slight favorite at Bavada to be the MVP as well. Again, because he's what he, what he's doing on both sides of the ball. It's uh, you know, we, we mentioned this before, but it's really Babe Ruthish in a way that we, you know, I certainly haven't seen in my lifetime. And it's, it's a shame that he's on such a mediocre team that that would, you know, again, impact his ability to win an award like the MVP because it's, it's a tricky award. And this is something as handicappers, we really struggle with as well, because we can say a player is good. We can say he's how good, but if we're trying to handicap how people will vote on something, we are introducing a lot more arbitrariness and, you know, a, a real lack of objectivity as to what, how this award is even defined. I mean, sports writers argue about this every year. What does it mean to be the MVP? And I got to tell you, Seth, that's, that really creates a wrench in our plans for how we'd like to handicap. We'd just like to say that this guy is the best player based on this metrics. Boom, there we go. There's a percentage. Uh, but the uncertainty that comes with a voting process or things that uh, are sometimes undefinable intangibles uh, is pretty tough. But yeah, as it currently stands, Otani, uh, the AL Cy Young and MVP favorite, Apavada. Yeah, it's going to be uh, something pre- pretty wild uh, as, as uh, the All-Star game comes about. Um, you know, the voting process is still done by fans. You know, I'll, I'll give you a 15-year-old uh, argument. Fans vote stupid. It's the same thing as American Idol. Um, then you have the players vote, which I actually take into consideration, but, you know, given this strange year and given the, um, the, the, the strikeout rates and, you know, all the things that have impacted this season, I'm curious to see if the all-star game even resonates. And again, just to stay consistent, you know, you and I have talked about how betting lines are usually a better gauge to how people are consuming sports because linear television has changed. Remember when we started this podcast, it was 65% of U.S. households still have cable. That's down to 50 now. It's 50-50 in the United States for people who don't have cable. It'll be interesting to see who watches this All-Star game. 
Yeah, it's one of those things each year that we certainly pay attention to because there's a good deal of money uh, wagered on it. Uh, it's an all-star game that actually means something in terms of AL versus NL home field advantage, but uh, it's it's otherwise not terribly compelling stuff. And I, I wish the game didn't mean uh, what it does in the World Series. Uh, you know, I thought it was an interesting wrinkle that very first year, but in terms of pure betting, I mean, it's something that's popular, again, because it's a day traditionally in the summer that uh, it's not going to be going against much. Uh uh, generally in the past, you know, there wouldn't be regular baseball game that day. It's, it was historically an isolated betting day for sports. Uh, so as a result, I think that's what gives it that extra kind of kick. But, I, you know, MLB All-Star game, ever since there was that one that was a tie, uh, I mean, it, uh, it's not too interesting to me. I, I personally like the home run derby a little bit more than the All-Star game itself. It should be uh, quite a show. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. It got moved to Denver, remember? Uh, it was supposed to be in Atlanta. And it was very, very strange. Um, it's just awful. I mean, just the whole the whole season. And we'll see how uh, it all plays out uh, with the All-Star game. And then uh, we'll start to get into that. And then NFL training camps. Could you believe the summer is flying by? Yeah, NFL training camp, uh, NBA draft uh, coming up soon. We'll have props for all that crazy nonsense. Uh, so, yeah, it never really stops for us. We, this is when we used to start thinking about vacation at Bovada, But uh, once again, like last year, we're postponing vacation until 2022. Yeah, exactly. Real vacations, at least. All right, that's <laughs> Patrick Morrow. I'm Seth Everett. This is the Bavada at Odds podcast. We will see you next week. Have a good one, folks. We think. <laughs>tech you're going to be into tech stream what is it it's a new podcast because that's what the world needs more podcasts i'm seth everett and he is shelly palmer hey seth i am shelly palmer at least last time i looked and the world does need one new tech podcast because there just aren't enough tech podcasts except this really isn't only going to be about tech no, and it's not going to be something that only experts and, let's face it, nerds are going to know. And it's also not going to be for dummies. We're not going to tell you how to turn on your location services. As a matter of fact, we're not going to tell you anything. What we are going to do, though, is make you aware of some of the most interesting things that are happening. What's new? What's next? What it might mean? Why you might care? And by the way, how it's going to change your life. It's TechStream with Seth Everett and Shelley Palmer. You can find it on Underdog Podcasts and wherever you get your shows. We'll get back to sports with friends in just a moment. But first, did you know that I have another podcast that I do? It's like sports with friends, but it's a little different. It's about the superhero sci-fi universe. I have been a fan of comic books, animation, movies. And when I started the Hall of Justice podcast, we wanted to do it for adults. Why did I name it the Hall of Justice? Because if you're old enough to know what the Hall of Justice is, you're our demographic. The idea of the show is to take the same passion that fans have for sports, but to bring it to the superhero genre. 
We have movie reviews where we spoil the movie. No worry, we warn you so that you can see it first. We also have celebrity guests where we interview actors, voice actors. The Hall of Justice podcast comes out every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts.